Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services in Eastland, Texas. Tune in every week as we share important information to help you and your family live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, legacy and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning 101. Good morning and welcome into Life Planning 101. My name is Angela Robinson with Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services right here in the big raving town of Eastland, Texas. Yes, people ask me where I'm from. I say the middle of nowhere, Texas. They still want explanation. They still don't know where we're from. Isn't it great to live in rural America? Uh, Yes, it is. And so it brings to mind... What does it mean to live life on purpose? Well, we talk about this all the time because that is what we do. We help people live life on purpose. My dad coined that term back in 1989 before the Purpose Driven Life was written. And he opened a financial planning firm in which he he chose to not do it the traditional way. It was about life planning. Plan for your life. Let your money work for it. Yes, things have not changed as we sit here Almost, oh my gosh, is this is this like what is that? Ninety nine, two thousand nine, two thousand nineteen. We're we're pushing on uh, forty years. Impressive. Um, so our core value has has not changed, and, and nor do I suspect it will. Which brings me to the title to the show today: What is your money for? So there was this article, and it actually came out in two thousand seven. But I was at a conference this last week, and it reminded me of this. And so I want to go back and revisit this. It was You could Google it. It's the 11 American work habits that other countries avoid at all costs. Okay. Um, I don't know if you know what other countries and people think about us as Americans with our work habits, but I'm going to tell you that they kind of think we're crazy. Yes. And really, if you look at how they live and what they do, then you're like, wow, uh, we are kind of crazy. Now, obviously there's some upside to that and you could give me all the reasons why, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, you know, we, we preach this thing called work-life balance, right? (laughs) Everybody's trying to have, have more balance in their life. Uh, we talk about having a scorecard and having that a life scorecard and having that well-balanced and, and yet, uh, we, we hear something like that and we get a little defensive. Well, this isn't, this isn't what this is about. I want you to actually, um, take to heart some of these and, and take heed because, it is a fascinating read. It is good food for thought. It is the end of January. You know, I'm all about this year, not necessarily setting new uh, New Year's resolutions, but having little wins along the way. So maybe you could take from this, if nothing else today, one little win in the way that you could change one of your work habits. Um, but that's really not what the show's about. The, the show's about something that I got out of reading that when I read it um, was the fact that we as Americans are consumed with our money. And and I, I don't mean that in an ugly way. I mean that in a very truthful way. <laughs> we, we live in a country where entrepreneurialism is alive and well, and that is wonderful. Capitalism is alive and well, and that is wonderful. And keeping up with the Jones is alive and well, and that may not be so Wonderful. So I want to I want to tell you these first work habits, and then we're going to get to talking about the money aspect of this. Okay. 
and what you can do about it. Don't forget, I always give you tips, right? Um, so the 11 American work habits that other countries avoid at all costs. Number one, crazy long hours. Imagine that one. Number two, very little vacation time. You know, I think on average, our country takes like two weeks of vacation, maybe three, and most people don't even use it up or other countries take four to five. Not having enough family leave is number three. You know, when we go out, we have baby or this or that, and uh, we just don't, we don't do what other countries do uh, in that regard. Eating at our desk. Yes, they avoid this at all costs. I don't know if you spend much time in Europe, but they make a production out of eating. It's actually a wonderful thing because it builds, you know, social aspect. We always talk about getting back to the place where we were, we're sitting around that family room dining table and we're talking about our day. Well, they do it multiple times a day, even if it's just for coffee, right? Um, but I think that's really important that we're always on the run to notice that. And and I'm the world's worst of going to grab something to eat. My mind's still running while I'm grabbing something to eat, come back and, and finish it at my desk instead of taking a break, which leads to number five. Our breaks during the day are pretty scant compared to other countries. Uh, number six, emailing after work hours. No, that is not normal, apparently. <laughs> number seven, too little socializing with coworkers. Yeah, we just want to get our work done and go home, maybe go to our hole, whatever it is. A lot of other countries spend more time socializing. Number eight, this is interesting. Workers don't take pride in their job. They actually say the reason that we work longer hours is because we kind of jack around. Isn't that interesting? It's just, you're supposed to just get the job done and get out of there. And if you took pride in your job, you'd be able to do it a lot quicker. This is what this article says, not me. But I thought that was fascinating. But number nine actually explained it. It says that we as Americans are not satisfied with our job. Well, if we're not satisfied, we're not going to take pride in something. I mean, that's an obvious you know, um, cause and effect, I guess you, you should say. And so it really brings to mind, you know, like I said, you know, take this to heart, take this to heat. Are you actually satisfied with what you're doing? And is it your actual job or is it your life in general? Is it your, um, relationship with the Lord? Is it your purpose? What is it? Right. Um, I think this is really, really good food for thought. Uh, number 10, fear of challenging a boss. Yes. Other countries, no fear of challenging their boss. Do you have a fear of challenging your boss? You actually shouldn't. And number 11, bosses are obsessed with staying in the loop. I guess that means micromanaging, I suppose. Yes, fascinating read. We should all take a little bit of this to heart, myself included. I know I've definitely been guilty of working long hours, emails after hours, and taking too few breaks, eating at my desk, not spending enough time with my coworkers. Yeah, yeah, we could all take some of this to heart, right? But what this actually had me speculating was... The main reason that we have a job and we have these work habits that other countries want to avoid at all costs in the first place. And 99% of the time, I would assume that people have a job because it has to do with money, right? You have to earn money to live. I mean, money is a little bit like oxygen. <laughs> you know, oxygen might be slightly more important, but money's right behind it, right? Because how do we get along in life without it? And so... This begs another question. Have you ever thought about what your money's for? What is your money for? Hmm. 
you may say, well, that's an obvious answer. It's for all those things that you just talked about. But is it really? You see, when we start working with people, we ask a question. We put it in our, um, we call our, our fact-finding form. And it's, what is important about money to you? And we really want to dive deep in there because it's, it's not just that it supplies my lifestyle. Well, what's important about the fact that it supplies your lifestyle? Well, it gives us, you know, the things that we need. Well, what's important about it giving you the things that you need? Well, that's so that we can stay healthy and live a long life and grow our family. And well, what's important about growing your family and living a long life? And, and you get down to it. And I heard it once put on a, a sheet of paper in the shortest form when we asked that question and they answered to not worry about money at all. You see, we work for something that we don't even want to think about. And the fascinating thing is that we develop these horrible habits that really, if you think about it, it's a very sad, depressing situation. It reminds me of Ralph Waldo Emerson's quote, money often costs too much. So when we come back here on Life Planning 101 today, I want to talk about what your money is for and how to actually have your life supporting that rather than continuing down this rabbit hole that we call American work habits today. You're not going to miss it. Welcome back to Life Planning 101. My name is Angela Robinson with Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services. Be sure to visit us online at www.kennedy-financial.com. Uh, we are talking about what is your money for today? And you know, it takes me back to that quote that Ralph Waldo Emerson stated that money often costs too much. Well, that is unless you ask one smart little girl who was asked what was the perfect husband for her when she replied, a man who could give me a lot of money and love horses and lets me have 24 kids. Well, she's a girl after my own heart with a horse thing, but 24 kids, whew, okay. But, she, but then when she was asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? She says a nun. I mean, she's got it figured out, right? So here we are. We're talking about what is your money for? And this is really important because money is seldom, truly, about building more money, if you think about it, okay? Seldom for building more money, even when greed's involved. I mean, you may try to challenge me and say, well, some people just build more money for the sake of building money. It's just greedy. And I would challenge that because... You know, one of the things that we do in this business is, is we try to really understand behavioral finance. We try to understand the psychology of decisions that people make about their money because it helps us be better at what we do and help people make wise, rational decisions rather than emotional, irrational decisions from time to time. And we're some of our experiences, people. And I bet you if you went out there and you talked to the biggest mob bosses and the cartels and this and that, and you actually dug down into that psychology of why those people just want to build and build and build and build and build wealth at, at no matter what cost, there's some pretty nasty history there. 
that would reveal what's really going on. And it's not about building more money, even when you think it's about building more money. And a good uh, example of this is that people grew up in the Great Depression. You know, they were perceived as hoarders. Well, why? Why did they shove their money in socks and freezers and bury it outdoors and uh, why did they do all that? Why? I mean, I, you ever talk to someone that their parents grew up in the Great Depression and they'll tell you all kinds of stories and you'll sit there and think, well, why did they do that? Well, they did that because they knew what it was like to go without. See, where are some of our experiences and our money has a utility. We have to ask ourselves for us, what is that utility? We treat money as if it were about money in this country. Obviously, we look at every dollar and every day for what it is instead of what it is for. If you think about it, you ask your neighbor uh, what they're earning on their cash or how their investments are doing. You look to buy some hot new stock that everybody's talking about. Why are you doing that? Uh, you Google, what is a good rate of return for my retirement portfolio? What a silly question. I'm sorry, but it is a silly question. It's a silly question because your situation has nothing to do with anybody else's situation out there. So how does heck does Google know? I mean, I know AI is getting pretty good, but come on now. It's not the same for everyone. You talk with your investment advisor about what they're doing underneath your portfolio and how you feel about it, how you feel about the politics, how you feel about the war, how you feel about inflation, how you feel about taxes, right? We're talking about the money. It's about the money. It's about the money. Your greed and your fear set in from time to time. Don't say they don't. It is human nature. Have you ever had FOMO? Come on now. Fear of missing out. Yes, that is what you call greed. Or have you ever lived worried, fearful of running out of money, of not seeing that next paycheck, of losing your job? Yes. Yes. We all have been in those situations from time to time. We think we, we're thinking about what the money is, but not what the money is for. So all of these conversations only amplify your emotional connection to your money. Think about it. Why else would we have these horrible 11 work habits that other countries avoid at all cost? We have this emotional connection. We fear we could run out of money in retirement and we work too long. We burn the candle at both ends. And some of us, some of us, unfortunately, never even make it to retirement because of that. We regret how we lived those years we were raising our kids. I can't tell you how many times I run into people all the time. You know, I've got a, I'm so blessed. I got an 11 year old and a seven year old little boy. They're the light of my life. And I, I run into people all the time says, just treasure that time. I wish I would have done it more. What were they doing? Well, I guess they were following these 11 American work habits that other people, other countries avoid at all costs, right? What happened to that work-life balance that we all try to accomplish? We try to accomplish it, but we don't get it. Why don't we get it? We don't get it because we're focused on what the money is rather than what it's for. You may be living in front of your device or on your TV, worrying about what the markets are going to do because of this political landscape or because of the war abroad or because of our southern border. Heaven forbid you're worried about an economic recession, which is cyclical, by the way. And it is going to happen in your lifetime if you live long enough. And it will probably happen again and again and again, and again because that's what economic cycles do. We go through a trough, an expansion, a recession a trough, 
expansion, recession, trough, expansion, recession. This happens over and over and over again, yet we worry ourselves to death about it. Why? Because we're focused on what the money is. We're worried. We've exasperated. We've amplified those emotions because they're connected to our money and we think we have to focus on what it is to support what we want, but we haven't really asked ourselves, what is your money for? So when we come back right here on Life Planning 101, what we're going to do is we're going to work backwards for a moment. We're actually going to give you a different way to think about your money that could actually, if you take heed, change the course of everything you're thinking. And all of a sudden, that work-life balance will come into play. All of a sudden, those worries will go away. Not guaranteed, obviously. I can't make guarantees. The compliance department tells me not to. But if you keep doing what you've always done, things are never going to change. So my suggestion is stay tuned right here to ask yourself, what is your money for? Welcome back to Life Planning 101. My name is Angela Robinson with Kennedy Financial Services and Smart Money Group. And we are asking the question, what is your money for? I think of Christopher Rice's quote, every day is a bank account and time is our currency. No one is rich. No one is poor. We've each got 24 hours of cash. Let that sink in. You got the same 24 hours that I do. Reminds me of Devin, age 12. He says, money is just paper and metal, if you think of it that way. Then, it's something to get greedy over. I should know, because it happened to me when I was a kid. (laughs) We should totally take advice from Devin, age 12, because he's totally right. We've been talking about... You know, focusing on what the money is does does create this agreed effect rather than focusing on what it's for. So I want to work backwards with you, as promised, to give you a new perspective on what your money is. Because you have to think about the utilization of your money. What is most important to money about you? So let's suppose just for a moment that your money was truly aligned Every dollar was truly aligned that had an exact utilization of what that money was for and when it was going to be used. Every dollar. Wouldn't you have more of a peace of mind? I'm sure you would. Now, obviously, we may not be able to get down to every dollar. You say that's impossible. Okay, so let's envision a timeline of how you get there. Let's envision a timeline of, okay, let's say we got this plan of this is the perfect plan and how we're going to get there. And, and by the way, that timeline, because we're, we're, we're following that timeline, it's a permission slip to enjoy life a little more along the way than the average American. Maybe we act more like a European when it comes to our job. We spend a little bit more time with our family. We take a few more breaks. We don't eat lunch at our desk. We eat it with our best friend. We spend a little bit more time on vacation with the ones that we love and cherish just in case life is too short for us. So your money's truly aligned with your utilization. You got a timeline on how to get there and you got a permission to slip to enjoy life along the way. Now, let's say you had a plan that defined the utilization of every dollar and how that dollar would be put to work to support that utilization. 
Let's suppose you had to find three buckets for your money. A lifestyle bucket. This utilization, this bucket is stuffed. It's overstuffed. It's probably overflowing a bit because you don't want to run out of money. And, and so you know how it's going to work and you know how it's going to support your lifestyle. You got a backup bucket, which acts as a contingency if things go array. And uh, due to, you know, health or premature death or inflation or uh, market crashes or whatever else, but there's this contingency bucket. So that if that lifestyle bucket goes wrong, you got that in place. Now, how are you feeling? How are you feeling if you know you got that lifestyle bucket filled up, if you know you have that backup bucket filled up, or that you have a timeline of a plan of how to get there? Feeling a little better about that permission slip? And then you have a legacy bucket. And that's to hold and maximize every single dollar that isn't in one of those first two buckets because that bucket is used for someone and or something else. Now, Let's imagine you knew what your money was for. See, that's working backwards. You have money that's truly aligned with your utilization that allows you a permission slip to live a little bit more life every day, not just at the end of the rainbow. You have a good feeling of how your dollars are going to work for you and you know your lifestyle bucket is stuffed you got a backup plan and then you're maximizing every dollar you intend to go to somebody else. As your purpose of your money is really just living life on purpose. It's to not worry about money at all. Imagine what life would be like if you had that in place. You remember that quote I gave you earlier in the show by Ralph Waldo Emerson? He states, money often costs too much. I would agree. Isn't it time to get a handle and what your money is for, rather than keeping on down the same old line for what it is so that it doesn't cost you too much. My name is Angela Robinson with Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services. I, I hope, I pray that you live a blessed 2024, that you are taking action to live life on purpose. God bless you, my friends. Join us next week right here on Life Planning 101. And be sure not to miss our weekly black and white market chatter with Aaron Kennedy, our very own CFA, each and every week to talk about what the money is. Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services. If you have questions, you can email them to lifeplanning at kennedy-financial.com. Don't forget to learn how our sister company can assist you with all of your tax, bookkeeping, and consulting needs. You can find out more at briscoeandassociates.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more Life Planning 101. The opinions expressed herein are those of the firm and are subject to change without notice. The opinions referenced are as of the date of publication and are subject to change due to changes in the market or economic conditions and may not necessarily come to pass. Any opinions, projections, or forward-looking statements expressed herein are solely those of the author, may differ from the views or opinions expressed by other areas of the firm, and are only for general informational purposes as of the date indicated. Securities offered through Calton & Associates Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, member of FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Smart Money Group LLC. Kennedy Financial Services and Smart Money Group LLC are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by Calton & Associates Incorporated.